Support for today's show comes from Skillshare.com. Now, Skillshare is a site where they have thousands of courses and lots and lots of course instructors to help you not just simply professionally, but personally as well. I know I have a number of my classes there and it's one price per month and it's unlimited access to content. And they give you a seven-day free trial. So you can take all of my classes that way. And if you decide not to renew, okay, you decided not to renew. I'm fine with that. But I'm just simply saying it's a place where you can learn and grow and not have to worry about spending hundreds of dollars for courses like so many instructors make you do. Again, Use the link in the show notes, get a seven-day free trial. It will make a difference in your job search and so much more. And we'll be back in just one moment. Episode 2160 of the number one podcast in Apple Podcast for Job Search. No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome Today's show is part two of the LinkedIn Live I did on Friday for Modern Career Checklist with Mark Anthony Dyson and Damian Burkle. Good interview. I think there's a lot of great information in both episodes. If you haven't listened to the first one, they, they build on one another, and we're in the middle of part two of what they sequence this. Uh, but fundamentally, the show is about the great... Uh, resignation is going on and how do you get ready for it should you be involved with it and where we left off yesterday I was saying that if you're planning on making a change this is a good time to do it because it gives you time to establish your credentials in the next organization just in case there are cuts that come in hope you enjoy this show I hope you give it an honest review wherever you listen to it and we'll be back in just one moment you know, looking for the long term that should you, you may, someone can get hired now and six months be out. This would be like a Christmas cycle in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of rehiring and a lot of hiring and then say, oh, we don't have enough hours. So we've got to cut back hours or let people go. And, and that's usually the trend where you see retail and in other industries. David, your premise, I think it, about, being ready to job search this time and maybe next time six to nine months, it could be very real and it could happen pretty fast. So that's why people not only need to prepare for now, they also need to prepare forever. Right, right. And, you know, you, you kind of have a honeymoon going on right now because people have been yes. so pent up mm-hmm. and pent up need. And, and now they're beginning to feel safe. Uh, going into stores, going out to dinner, et cetera. So you have this, for lack of a better term, frenzy going mm-hmm. on that's creating shortages and things are getting more expensive. Um, I had someone come over and, and look at our uh, deck yesterday. The The cost of wood is three times what it was less than six months ago. Um, and we made the decision right there to wait until next summer, because he said the cost of, of wood and everything has got to come down once this frenzy of activity is is over with. And so goes the, the job market. I mean, there's a frenzy of activity, but boy, I'll tell you, you have a couple 
burps in the uh, economy and um, you will have people out job searching six months after they uh, they they just got uh, hired, which kind of goes back to the old Boy Scout motto of be prepared, be prepared at at all times. Uh, never let your job search go, um, guard down and and always be thinking about building and retraining your skills so that you'll be ready whenever the, the, the next hit comes to your career. Because the bottom line is that there's no such thing as job security anymore. Job security comes from within. It's your job to keep your tools polished, oiled, and shiny at all times so that when the inevitable comes, you know, you'll be able to hit the ground running and, and not be at a, at a total loss and have to start completely over again. Yeah. So, Jeff, you know, this kind of aligns with the first topic is that, and I think you indicated a little bit here, we moved too fast, didn't we? <laughs> we, we yeah, borders were kind of hasty uh, going into this. Um, you know, it, it, and it appears that nobody really understands the full gravity of what reopening really means. They thought that freedom means jobs, and that's what everybody interpreted. But nobody kind of read the the the, uh, the report on the back end. Your thoughts on? It's the economy is complicated. Life is complicated. There's no playbook for this. And that's one of the hard things for business to understand. There's no playbook. And when there was a playbook before this, really wasn't all that good. So I go with the premise that people start to think that, let's see now, there we go. I was out of the room there for a second. <laughs> Employers think that they interview well. To me, they don't. They have this crazy notion that they can evaluate for fit. And unfortunately, they can't. And I say that because within 18 months of someone coming on board, there's a statistic that more than 65% of hiring managers have buyer's remorse. And then job hunters are no different. And thus, in the haste here, in the hurry to land in the new role, people's impetuousness on both sides of the transaction risks causing even more problems. They're going to result in another cycle of turnover. Hello? Yeah. Damien? Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely agree. Um, trying to determine a, a culture in an organization when you're on the outside looking in is, is very difficult. And you can have a, a, a situation like um, I had, um, I don't know, about 10 years ago where the culture was one way when I uh, walked in the door and then there was a, a management shakeup and it went from a culture of acceptance, acceptance where um, older adults were uh, revered to uh, an atmosphere of fear and that uh, adults, older adults, educated like myself, career counselors were a liability. And within a six month period, anybody that had experience or education was just 
mowed down in a very calculated way so that they could hire in basically um, high school grads or people fresh out of college and train them in such a narrow way that um, as long as you followed the playbook, you were fine. But that life experience, that ability to work with people, that ability to establish rapport was no longer valued. And all of a sudden they found out that the, the greatest amount of talent was suddenly out on the street and there was a free fall in the organization as a, as a result. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand buyer's remorse. Um, one day I went in and it was heaven. The next day I went in and it was hell. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. And then we're yeah. around the issue of ageism in all of this. And that's old and young where mm-hmm. each side has a perspective that the younger workers are digital natives. For them, they're very facile at things. Older workers think they know it all. <laughs> and I hate to be blunt, but they think they know everything about how everything should be done because they've been through a lot. And but I wish, yeah, I was going to say that I wish that job seekers were more into the anticipation game than they are in the trend game. You know what I mean? Everybody got up and said, I'm ready to leave all at the same time. But if you're not in an industry where the footing is not as sure or where you can make a jump and you know you've done all the work beforehand, you could be kind of stuck. And that could be a whole lot of folks, especially if they don't try to understand, which nobody really does, by the way. Nobody understands what the real temperature really is because there's still a lot of seek and find opportunities out there. But there's also, you know, there's a land grab. And the land grab across all industries are those who are already employed, as you already said, Jeff. You think about it, you know, you leverage in you leverage your job search by being employed and you go ahead and you can get ahead of the line, so to speak because you're employed and that's the employment bias that we've all worked off with for so long. Damien? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. And going back to uh, what um, Jeff was saying and, and, and what you were saying, Mark, is um, ageism is a, a very real issue within the um, workforce and um, it can be uh, a, a real hindrance in the working environment, especially if you're working for a boss that's much younger than you are, because their perception of you is, it's like, well, he's he's as old as my father is. I mean, how much can he learn because he's he's set in in his ways? And and what I always encourage my candidates to think about is three words, be the answer. And, and when you get back to work or are at work, you know, uh, I said to my younger boss, my job is to make your job easier. And, and once I said that, then our relationship changed uh, because I, I, I truly meant that. And regardless of your age, if you focus on making your boss's life easier, 
then it ends up being a win-win situation. But again, I mean, you have to get in and into the culture and understand your job um, and have the support of your boss because when the chips are down and when the decisions are, are, uh, are being made, it is your reputation within the company that many times is uh, discussed because uh, I've been there at a uh, conference room table where they go through employees name by name and they talk about them and about their abilities going forward. And, uh, you know, you lay this one off and I'll lay that one off. Uh, many times, you know, personal scores are uh, settled that, that we as employees and job seekers will never know about. But uh, again, got to be prepared because it's going to happen to you. If not now, at some point in your career. Yeah. And if I've always said, you know, job search is a lifestyle and you're best serving uh, your, the employer or thinking about the way that you should have served employer is that you've got to be the prescription to the job description. That's just flat way it is. And you need to be able to position yourself that way. But I think Jeff, you are itching to say something because <laughs> I can see, I can see your non-verbals all say, ah, "Give it to me, give it to me." Go ahead, Jeff. And conversely, I have to also say that job hunters cannot outsource responsibility for their careers to their employers, right. because too many of you do, and you think if you do a great job. They're going to love you up. You're going to move up the ladder and you're going to have great success. How much, how many more times do you have to get hit in the head to believe that this is a lie? And it's a lie we have indoctrinated ourselves with because from the time that we were little in school, we've been trained for factory life. And this is really what we are is in, in factories now. And when the bell rings, we're allowed to go home, just like we were in school. And we're told to sit at our desks, shut up, do what we're told, regurgitate a bunch of things when we tell you to, or else. Yeah. And yeah, the obedience thing affects how you perform for yourself. Mm -hmm. it, and, it, for that's your, right. and for yourself, you have to think like the CEO of your own business. And you've got a board who's your wife, husband, partner, kids, other family members, the dogs, the cats, you know, everyone in, in your family, you have a responsibility to as the, as the chairman of the board. And when you give your power away to your employer, if you don't place yourself first, thank you, Rose, uh, unless you place yourself first, you're always going to wind up being last. Yeah, but, and I think that, uh, and you're right, and I think a better I don't think there's a better way to say it, but in a shorter way, in saying that we, our natural propensity is that we want to be sentimental to people that's paying us. And really, you can't be, we can't afford to be sentimental because ultimately they don't have that fiduciary responsibility to, to us that we think we do. And that's why the better job seeker, and, and as it looks, you know, after a year, if something's not going as well, or you think maybe that time, uh, that clock has sped a little faster than you thought, it's time to move on. 
and you could remain in control of your career that way. Damien? Yeah, um, I, I definitely uh, agree. I, I, I think the example of, of thinking like and being responsible for yourself as your own uh, CEO is a, is a critical way to uh, <clears throat> think about yourself as you go through. Um, another thing is if you can get the reputation with where you work as an early adapter in terms of programs that they're trying or various other things, that gives you a, a leg up because it creates your reputation as being someone who is with it, willing to learn, can take on new tasks while maintaining the same high quality of everything else that you're uh, currently doing at work. And the other thing is, is when it comes to training, um, there is tons of free courses that, that you can take on the internet at, on your time. Um, and perhaps if you get your work done and you have a little bit of time at work, your boss may or may not mind or notice that you're, uh, you're taking a, a course to improve yourself while you're getting paid. But no matter what, the responsibility does not shift. It is your job and it's your responsibility at all times because you will be called into account in terms of how you spent your time on your job. And if you cannot show a consistent upward uh, movement in terms of your um, skill set, you will not be as competitive as somebody who is doing that. And OPS, you can learn at any stage of your life. Uh, you can you can be an early adapter at any stage of your life. And if you are in the top five percent of what you do within your industry opportunities are going to come to you. Um, I have yet to have to apply for a job my entire career. Opportunities have come to me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But the ability to retrain, retool, and be so far ahead of the pack that they can't even see your dust is the greatest job security in the world. Jeff, I know you have something to add. Go ahead. I'm one of those guys who signals it. Yes. And, and the extra thing I would add on to that is everything you've said is right. I believe that others have to know about it, too. It's not just about internal to your organization. It's external as well, which on LinkedIn, they're creating creator mode designed to encourage people to create and to share and to promote themselves on the platform is part of what I encourage people to do. I remember years ago, a dear friend of mine was a, a quant with a, a bank that has long since disappeared. And our strategy for him growing in his career was to get on the speaker circuit and thus be on panels around the country. And once he did that, suddenly the real executive search firm starts showing up and presenting him with MD opportunities at other banks. And he goes there, he's successful. Suddenly the big four, or at that time it was the big six, uh, start approaching him for roles. 
he makes partner, moves on to the next organization, takes over uh, the operations uh, in another country, all because he became celebrity. We live in a celebrity culture too. And as much as we're being ingrained, like in the factory, keep your nose to the grindstone, work hard, do a good job. We all know incompetent people who've moved up. (laughs) So we got to recognize that there's another dimension too. And that's about the cult of personality Marketing, we have, responsibility, we have a responsibility for marketing ourselves and promoting ourselves and then backing it up with substance. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, merged, you merged well into the next lane of topic. <laughs> you did that quite smoothly. Uh, I need some butter right now. But Damien, you know, you're, what are some of your strategies for people who need, and we, to be specific, people who are in the white collar sector, uh, that uh, they're in a highly competitive job market. There's not the lab uh, the lab grab. But I want to do something first. I do want to go to some of the uh, comments that we got here. Uh, welcome, Rose Arthur, uh, who's joining us. Simone is joining us, as she usually does lately. So uh, she has a question, and maybe I should go to that first. And so what about job security? I believe you are the security duty that you put your put in the work to be successful. Uh, your your thoughts, what Simone said, uh, Damien? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and I've I've said it before, and I and I believe it with all my heart. Job security comes from within. Mm-hmm. It is your transferable skill set that is the the key to your future success. And it's the one thing that an employer can't take away from you. They can take away your career. They can empty your rice bowl, but they can't take away your transferable skills. Between that and being visible in your marketplace so that, as Jeff said, people know what you're doing and know what you're about, uh, again, you will rise within your industry. And the one of the biggest things is you need to, because I know I had to, and I got stomped on for actually doing this in one job, rise above the fear and look above your cubicle and look at your industry and maximize LinkedIn, write articles, connect with people, go to trade shows, do whatever it takes to become visible above and beyond where you work now so that you gain a positive reputation in the industry that you do, first for the type of person that you are, second for your transferable skills, and three, because as I said earlier, you're an early adapter, you're someone who's moving forward quickly, and you're the type of person that any company worth their salt would like to employ. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go back to what Jeff said uh, about being an old worker and ageism. Many times part of our MO is that we are claiming to be old school and, but very slow and unflexible in the way that we move towards the new tools which the employers are kind of looking at and looking to see if you are that kind of guy that can move from 
A to B in a hurry. And the other part of what I spoke about was ageism toward younger workers, too. Yes. The Zoomers, Gen Z, they're just like the boomers personality-wise. They mm. will work like animals. And all <laughs> they care about is treat us with a degree of respect. Don't tell us we got to work our way up because someone else is going to hire us. Mm-hmm. So just treat us with respect. Don't treat us like you know children, even though that's our habit, because we look at them and they go, oh, my, my son's age. But you got to treat folks with respect uh, for the staff level individuals so that this way they feel appreciated. And then you're not going to wind up losing them, too. Yeah, I prefer working with a lot of the young people uh, because I do use, I try to adapt as quick as I possibly can. Uh, Jeff, you do as well. You actually beat me to the punch practically every time, except for the live stream. But over the years, you beat me to the punch as far as it. But you understand the game and understand people. Is that you, the, the more ways you figure out the communication aspect, the way people listen, the more people will be willing to listen. And a lot of times, as you know, young or old, the difference is is that younger people are very, as I talked about earlier, they're very unsentimental about their job. They're not going in ready to bring the pictures of mom and dad and bring, you know, their case of water to work like they're going to be there forever. <laughs> they're actually, they're actually, they're looking at their certificates, the new certificate they got in web development. Uh, instead of the picture they have of the kids or the family. Damien? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and each generation, as they, they go on, have different work ethics and, and, and different skills. Uh, but the, um, I, I think the, the trick is to relate to them like you would relate to anybody else, find out what their strengths are, maximize their strengths as you uh as you work with them and minimize their weaknesses because that's that's what a team is all about and sometimes the way that they think may not be the way that you would think but that's okay i mean if you're going to have a, a diverse and inclusive culture that includes age, generation, and all of the other things that go into uh, diversity. And if you manage it and are managed appropriately, it makes for a much richer and more creative and vibrant work environment. Yeah, I think that uh, the surveys that we've been looking at recently, not only that uh, younger people, particularly, they're one of the first are being intolerant of a uh, a workplace that's lacking diversity and that's lacking choices and they and they want everyone to have a voice in it but as well Jeff there are those who are kind of still trying to turn the corner and trying to figure out you know how can I mosey into this new economy new workplace thing easier when there is no real easy way to do it so are we speaking of an older worker or a younger well, worker? You can speak to anybody you want to at this particular point. <laughs> so for the younger worker right now, the college grad, you were hopefully did something in the last year or two of school. Mm-hmm. 
to make connections with faculty, with other students, with students who are ahead of you in graduation. And, and by the I, way, you, you're making the point universally now because the college graduate has moved up from 18 to 24 to 25 to 34 as far as getting a bachelor's. So you're speaking to a whole lot more folks than you think. Go ahead. Thank you. And thus, the issue comes down to in a market where you may not have significant experience, you need to be able to cut the line in some way. So if you think about nightclubs back in the day, there's mm -hmm. the front door, the back door, and you want to start looking at the side door to get in, mm -hmm. not just the front and the back door. Right. I, I remember when my wife and I adopted our son from Kazakhstan, we flew there in January of 2002, a few months after 9-11. And the way we had to come out of Kazakhstan was through Moscow. Mm. I'll spare a lot of the gory details, but one thing that we had been told is that when you get to customs in Moscow, there's going to be a long line. And for you as parents of a young child, you walk to the front. Mm. Now, as Americans, we look at, we hear that and we go, are you sure? Because <laughs> no one's going to give you a pass. And we get to the airport. They're probably about, there's a line of about 500 people. Each line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Each yes. line is 500 people. And the people at the back of the line are waving us to the front. And everyone, because we look like Americans. You can't hide that fact. Yeah. The clothing is different. So they recognize us as not being Russian. Mm -hmm. And we get to the front of the line. And the person at the very front says, here, and we stand at the front of the line. And this is amazing to us. Yeah. Now, where you can, folks, where you can cut the line, where you learn the rules of how the firm operates and have an introduction, this serves you. Yeah. It makes it easier. You don't have to be another fish in the pond jumping on that one hook that's been cast into the water and all the fish are trying to get on it. Mm -hmm. And only one does, and it may or may not be you. So yeah. find ways to cut the line. Get to the front. Use the side door, the back door. If you want to use the front door, that's okay. But don't have <laughs> expectations that if you cast out thousands of resumes, you're going to get thousands of interviews. All you are is a spammer. You know that. Yeah. So do things that make yourself advantaged where you can. It helps. Yeah, and the golden calf are the referrals. It really is. If somebody says, cut to the front, here, I got the pathway. And, you know, you've got to be willing to look at uh, ways to get in there. And that sometimes taking mean that just because you get to know one person in one company, why not 15 people in the same company? It, it, you know, a lot of times people want to cast a wide net instead of casting looking for a deeper net and getting to the right person in a deeper way rather than trying to get to the first person. I love this comment here uh, that uh, Simone says that uh, I focus on willingness and drive to get things done, not what someone looks like if they tell you their age. And, you know, we, we, we like that here amongst the great brigade here. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm 24. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, okay. You already gave it away by your last <laughs> example. But nevertheless, uh, we're coming to the top of the 
hour. And Jeff Altman, we thank you very much for joining this conversation. And you were readily available, ready to go. Of course, I knew that anything to do with talking, we got Jeff in the back <laughs> pocket. <yeah. laughs> but uh, what, what you got coming up next? Anything that people need to know about, need to watch you for? Yeah, I have a new video course coming out on Udemy. It's already up on Skillshare. Awesome. Uh, it's like final interview preparations. The- is the working mm-hmm. title of the course. I'm also speaking to a networking group in Northern New Jersey. You can always me- reach out to me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter and follow me because I put out a lot of content. Yes. Uh, it's a lot you can thousands learn. Thousands and thousands of historical stuff. He's been online doing this since 2007, 2008, right? My first YouTube video was in 2008. Yeah, and, so he's an OG in the space here. Damien, what you got coming up? Yeah, um, I have a couple seminars that are uh, coming up um, later in the month, and folks are welcome to join us every Thursday night at uh, Professionals in Transition on Zoom. So thank you, and uh, Jeff, thank you for uh, joining us. It's, it's great to see you. Uh, this is uh, – Jeff is somebody that has – 7,000 uh, YouTube segments. Did I read that correctly? Just under. I think it's 69 and change. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, give, we'll give you a pass on the second. Yeah, really? the, the blog has more than 11,000 posts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, so you've got a library of resources there with Jeff. Be sure you follow him uh, at least. Uh, if not, write him a note and connect with him. Uh, and uh, let them know how much he helped you during the show. Meantime, this is the Modern Job Search Checklist. We thank you very much for joining us. Each week we're here on Fridays at 1 o'clock. Be sure that you're, you know, watching the chat comments as well as uh, some of the things that we say because a lot of clues are there as to how you can proceed and how other people are and connect with those people who've participated in the chat as well. Uh, you know, we we uh, stream to YouTube, LinkedIn, and also my Facebook page, if you're connected with me there. Uh, in the meantime, I got a clubhouse coming up on Monday. I don't know, Jeff, if you're using clubhouse yet. I think you are. I think I saw you in the chat. Yep. Uh, and, the next and, one is Green Room on Spotify. <laughs> hey, but I don't know if we'll have access to that one yet, but... The way that they're moving, and you got to pay to play for them. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, Clubhouse Monday, 6 p.m. Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. I also, if you check my LinkedIn profile, the new slide share that I put up there about remaining in job search mode, check it out. In the meantime, we thank you very much for joining us here. Join us back. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few things I can do to help you with your job search beyond simply being your coach. First of all, I've got a new book out called The Right Answers to Tough Interview Questions. It is like a cookbook with answers to tons of interview questions that you're going to be asked on interviews. And if you pair it up with my other new book, The Ultimate Job Interview Framework, they are a a terrific pair of books to help you with interviewing. In addition, a new service where you can practice mock interviews. If you go to the Big Game Hunter 
us forward slash mock. I've got a service there, very inexpensive, like $99, where we have mock interviews set up. I'm going to be adding more to it very soon, but you can record your answers to them and then I can critique them and help you perform better on them. You probably have noticed my show notes are pretty thorough with products and services that can help you with your search and connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Lastly, my website has a ton of great information. That's thebiggamehunter.us. Now, if you're not ready to go there and go through the blog, put the address in your phone, thebiggamehunter.us, Jeff Altman. So this way, when you're ready to go, you have a way of getting back to my website. Hope you have a terrific day. And most importantly, be great. (laughs) 